Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, this is Andrew Gerza of Disability After Dark, the podcast to shine a bright light on sex and disability. And you're listening to Why Are People Into That? with your host, Tina Horn. Hey, Why Are People Into That fans? Tina Horn here. So a hell of a lot is going on in March, and I decided to take a break from regular Why Are People Into That? episodes. I've been sitting on a bunch of Interrobang mini episodes that I'm going to release into the wild in your feed this month. Um, that includes the second part of my interview with trans porn star Chelsea Poe, which you're about to hear. And it also includes the second part of my talk with the folks from Aorta Films and a brand new interview with Andrew Gerza of the podcast Disability After Dark. And probably also, if I have time this March, I'm going to put up a conversation that I had with legendary porn star Lorelai Lee about sploshing, which is like messy food play. Um, so that's all coming your way in the next month. And I've totally already recorded April's episode. It's going to be Wire People Into Fluids with the amazingly talented writer Jenny Zhang. So never fear, your feed is still going to be gushing content. So in the meantime, make sure to follow at Tina Horn's ass on Twitter and Instagram for updates on what I'm up to and head over to wirepeopleintothat.com to subscribe to my newsletter and enjoy the show. I'm Tina Horn and this is Interrobang. Interrobang is the bonus segment my wire people into that podcast follow at tina horn sass or at tina horns ass if you're nasty on twitter and instagram visit wirepeopleintothat.com support my show and get extra shit at patreon.com slash tina horn that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash t-i-n-a-h-o-r-n Hello, Chelsea Poe. Hello. How are you? I'm great. I'm in New York. It's amazing. Yeah. I love the city so much. It's always great to be here. And where do you usually reside? Um, I'm usually in Oakland for the most part, but I'm always kind of traveling around the country for different work things. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And what um, what what kind of work things bring you to New York? Um, I'm here for Cinekink. I'm shooting some BDSM footage later in the week, and I'm shooting a film with um, Nika Noel. Um, in transsensual next weekend. So. so you so you work in porn, Chelsea? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Cool, cool. You actually are like quite a formidable presence in porn, I would say. I guess. You how long have you been doing it? 
Um, about it's gonna be three years in April. Three Sweet. years in April from my first shoot, but um, I've moved to the Bay two December's ago to do porn full time. Cool. And and you've been doing porn full time ever since. Yes. Yeah. Um. So what do you what do you like about making porn? Um. I think it's a performance aspect that I can link with my sexuality and I can link with being creative and performance and everything that's all in one that's really fulfilling um that I didn't get out of other mediums I used to play in bands and stuff before I used to be a concert promoter um and I was a really extreme performer when I performed in bands um I'd like climb on stuff and like I was in a black metal band in high school and we like ripped bibles up on stage and like did all the shocking stuff so like porn it's not that big of a jump like porn is basically like ripping up the bible (laughs) Yeah, that was when I was in high school. So, like, this is where it progressed, and now it's, like, gangbangs and stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. Have you done any, like, blasphemy gangbangs yet? I haven't done any blasphemy gangbangs. I've done a really blasphemous scene um, on T-Boys and T-Girls with um, Put Goodfellow. And, sort um, of a blasphemous character. Yeah. and I, I mean, that, that, of course, in a good way. <laughs> yeah, I was a missionary, and then he, like, lured me into his house and made me renounce God when he was fucking me. I need to see that. That's really yeah. great. Yeah, it's around. Do you like making high concept porn? Um, it depends. I mean, if it's a concept I'm really behind, I'm really down for it. Um, I feel like that's what you. I view porn as my art. Um, because it's everything. Um, what I do, it's my job. It's what I creatively do. It's what I think about when I wake up in the morning. It's everything. Um, so it is my art. So if there's, if I'm going to do something, it has to be a concept I'm really behind. Um, which cool. I think early in my career, I definitely did take some jobs where I'm looking back and I'm like, maybe I should have took that <laughs> just creatively. But, um, I feel the longer I'm in it, the more it's about the creative outlet for me. Yeah. And also being able to look at that and then see how much power you have amassed that you, you know, like nobody's. I don't know. Nobody who is any friend of mine would look at that and be like, oh, that person like took that money for a porn that didn't have a very clear artistic statement in it. Yeah, I think it's more of a personal thing where I look back at my career and yeah. I'm like, wow, there's some there's some terms I'm really not OK with mm, um, oh, looking I see. back at and just concepts where I was uncomfortable and it just wasn't a good performance. So I totally. think it's more that. Totally. Um, but that I think everyone sense. has that with their career, no matter what they're doing artistically, where they look back and say, well, maybe that wasn't my best thing. Maybe I should have done something else. But you grow as an artist and you kind of go from there. Yeah. And you can be proud of how far you've come. Yeah. Cool. Um, what are some other great, like, concepts of porn scenes that you've shot that you've really felt, like, super proud of? Um, hmm. I really liked, um, I've shot with Fox House Films a few times. And They're I've so really, great. Yeah, I've got to do, um, I did a lot of really extreme films, um, with them. Um, I did a lesbian bukkake scene with, um, Susie Spindrift, and they squirted in my sinus like my head was tilted back so they stored into my sinuses like 30 times where i was actually at the trans 100 being honored for trans excellence but i could taste their cum in my mouth and i was like a different time zone away so i was in chicago we shot that in brooklyn um and i did a four straight scene for them which i always had um i'm really not super into men occasionally um most of my sexuality is based around bdsm um so it was two lesbian doms forcing me to suck cock, which I was really into. But I didn't bring a change of clothes, though. So I only <laughs> wore this dress. And it was just, like, covered in everything. It was like, okay. That's amazing. So I have stuff to do after this. <laughs> so, yeah. 
Oh my God. I love that. I love all of that. Um, cool. Thanks. Um, so you were saying that you, um, that your sexuality is, so you, let me, how, how can I rephrase this? It, it, it seems like from what you're saying that a lot of the porn that you make is reflective of your own personal sexuality. Yes, 100%. And um, that's like a part of your brand. I, I guess. I wouldn't necessarily see it as a brand. I Okay. Because I feel like um, when you start seeing yourself as a brand, especially in porn, you kind of lose your reasonings for doing it and it becomes almost, I need to make this so this type of people will buy it that is very wise you're um. totally right i completely take I'm, I'm i'm such a new yorker i'm like so what's your oh this thing about you is part of your personal brand okay yeah um <laughs> do you have a social media strategy for that no i just tweet <laughs> high and watch netflix and um i don't no, know that's a key to your success probably see i was i'm gonna be making porn long after all this attention's gone that mm. people think I'm cool and like my porn just yeah. like I was doing in basements in Michigan when sure. I was three years ago when no one gave a fuck yeah yeah so I think it's um it's just a creative thing for me and I'm cool. really blessed that all this came with it but you know it's not my end game to create a brand or anything it's just to make content that I really feel proud of and awesome want to do things um, and I feel like once I've been able to tap my sexuality directly into being creative and making art with it, it's really changed a lot because I have a safe place to do all these fantasies that I have mm. that would be really, really difficult or hard to do anywhere else. So I feel like porn has become like a safe space for me to create all these fantasies of my own. And those first experiences are going to be on film, which I can share with my fans. So Awesome. Uh, good for you. um you're like you're a you're a model uh to us all um uh so when you talk about your creativity and the things that you're proud of being in your porn Mm -hmm. um can you give me can you give me an an example of that um being a trans woman who's a bdsm submissive that's the core of my sexuality um and there's just nothing of that in porn um totally trans women are really excluded from submission roles and the performers that really inspired me were really strong um and did really extreme porn but were really vocal like sasha gray and stoya and Corinne trouble and Gisley, um who were doing really extreme things but weren't being quiet because they're doing extreme things yeah and that's kind of the reason why i got into this industry and um Obviously, Toby Hillmeyer and Drew DeVoe totally opened a space up where I could exist in queer porn. Mm-hmm. And I think um, it's definitely just a way for me to express myself in my own sexuality that I don't see anywhere else in porn right now. Yeah. And I think that's, I think I'm just kind of taking a different take on trans porn because so much about it's fetishizing a trans person's body. Mm. And my body isn't really that big of part of my sexuality it's more like the actual experiences like interesting yeah so how do you portray that on film um i just do really fucked up extreme porn i guess and can you give me an example um well i did um i mean i've seen i mean can you give my listeners i mean i did like um a 19 person gangbang for fucking mystic um that was like an orgy surrounding it um 
and then I did lesbian bukkake scene I talked about. The four straight scene was pretty intense. Um, let me think what else. I did a week of slave training with Bella Vendetta earlier this week. It's not out. I mean, earlier last year. It was in July. It's not out yet. Um, but I don't know. I just really love shooting extreme porn because that's the kind of porn I like to watch. Mm. And I think it's just kind of a different take on trans porn because it never really evolved into that genre. So... I think I'm just kind of giving something new that maybe hasn't been there or is there and just underrepresented. So what is there an example of something that you really want to shoot that you haven't had the chance to shoot yet? Um, I don't know. I just kind of want to keep going further and further with my concepts of BDSM and humiliation and just keep going. Um, I'd like to do more slave training stuff with Bella Vendetta. We um, shot some really amazing stuff that week. And I really like to do that again. Um, as much as I want to produce all my own content, have it be an art thing, um, I also do want to push for inclusion of trans people on other sites so we can actually get paying gigs on, you yeah. know, normal sites where we aren't in a niche and aren't segregated to the side. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I am sure that that will happen. Hopefully. Yeah. There, there's a few companies that stepped up. Um, I was the first God's Girl who was trans um, about a year ago. And I've been talking to a few BDSM companies who are kind of interested in feeling it out. So hopefully it moves forward. We'll see. Cool. Um, so tell me more about what you mean when you say that being a BDSM submissive is a huge part of your sexuality. Okay. Well, so when I like was a kid or like, you know, 12, 13, I had all these really deep BDSM fantasies. I never knew they were sexual. Mm. Um, I never really felt, I mean, I I dated people when I was young, and I had sex with my girlfriend and all this stuff, but like it just didn't it just didn't quite click why people thought sex was such a big deal. Mm. And like I was the kind of I didn't masturbate for the first time until I was seventeen, like just that, that's pretty old. Yeah, right. Um, and I just didn't really connect with anything, and I didn't know really BDSM existed. Um, and it was actually through because I'm from the Midwest, so there's nothing. Yeah. Um, so it was through um being exposed to like lady gaga and oh which is really weird oh my god I but like love that's that. kind of the f- first exposure to queerness and bdsm um through that you and heard it here first people right <laughs> yeah it's a little embarrassing looking back at it but now it's like oh wow listen um, i mean for me it was tori amos so it's like okay. really not that different yeah <laughs> and it's like real. a little embarrassing to look back but at the same time it's like hey man i like being not, like as grown-ups we can be like oh god somebody's just like talking about being a freak but like when you are uh like yeah, 12 when year 18 old, when right you're, or like, 12 oh my god. when you're yeah. a 12 year old freak and somebody's like it is okay to be weird and you're like thank goodness i can keep getting up and yeah like dykes and latex and like like i was wearing strap-ons just like regularly for like yeah. a while there i'm like damn this is neat so i followed lady gaga around for a while like two years oh yeah you were like intense you were like a deadhead but for yeah i have lady like this is embarrassing oh (laughs) (laughs) she's doing great right lady gaga see i i got out of her after um the fame monster i didn't like anything after that it was too direct i didn't like it yeah and um i totally understand why but yeah, she's, exactly. But she's like, she seems, she seems very happy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, she has a really good career trajectory. I mean, she yeah. seems to have her shit together. Totally. Which a lot of artists who are 
famous at a very young age. Yeah. Because she was doing all that stuff at like 22, 23. It's really young. Yeah. I mean, for to be an international yeah, superstar exactly. and to like deal with that kind of, you know, exactly. intensity. Um, but so I discovered, so I started to discover what BDSM was. I saw a documentary on Hulu called um, Fetishes and watched it with my roommates and it kind of terrified me. It was... Um, of Pandora's Box in New York. Oh, yes. And it was, it's just a really extreme documentary. And I remember a line from it is this guy getting ash into his mouth, and he's like, and someone, and they tried to interview him, and he's like, ashtrays don't talk. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I'm not that extreme. I'm not that extreme. Um, but then I also came across um, MySpace, like BDSM stuff, mm. and like, I saw a girl in a cage. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Wait, what was MySpace? Was that there just was like, like groups? There, yeah, there were groups. Wow. Yeah. So I kind of got a femdom when I was like in high school. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I did like so- a, like a, like somebody that you met in person. No, or? it was like online. I would do like awful things on cam, like really fucked up splashing things and stuff. And I was like, wow. I was doing this in like my grandparents' basement and shit. Oh, that's so um, sweet. But it wasn't really until I discovered um, queer porn until I was like, wow, I can be into BDSM and I'm not some weird freak mm-hmm, that has mm-hmm. to be um, segregated to the side and be like, you can be a normal person. Totally. Um, so it wasn't really until I moved to the Bay until I really started diving into BDSM. And honestly, porn has been a really great thing um, for me, but I'm more into like giving up power and like humiliation and that kind of stuff than actually like being attracted to anyone sexually like that's what gets me off cool yeah cool um do you identify as asexual no no because like i like sex and all but like in my own head yeah for me to like come i have to like get into that headspace totally so like even if it's like a vanilla sex scene that's where i'm going in my own head mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. um well, more power to you well, it took a while to figure out, and yeah. now it's, like, yeah, it was kind of, like, a combination of porn and real life coming together, and it's just, like, really mentally now. Yeah. So, I can get into that headspace super quick now, so, like... Well, part of what I'm hearing from you is that porn showed you, like, a, or gave, like a, like, a structure and a name to something that was totally innate and had totally. always been there. And 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 also it gave it a name. Okay, it made you feel validated. Okay, but it also gave you the tools to be able to explore it and actually like, like understand like how to incorporate it into your relationships and into your imagination. Totally, yeah. It totally gave a whole different dynamic to it, and um, I think it was a lot of how I discovered a lot of the queer community was through queer porn because mm-hmm. I was so isolated in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So it was like, wow, this can be part of your identity. That's yeah. kind of a huge reason why I identify as queer because BDSM is such a huge part of my sexuality. I I totally relate to that. Actually, mm-hmm. I I mean, in a way, I felt like um, like queer was the first identity that spoke to me partially because it um could incorporate like transgressive desire, which sounds like a pretentious way. Of putting it but like (laughs) like that that being being queer didn't just mean uh being gay or being bi or being straight now or whatever like it meant that first of all that things could change but also being like well there's also things that i like 
that are that need to be a part of you know and even the idea of like having like a like a like queer community and like mm-hmm. having sex in the back of a u-haul during the dyke march right like that's like a part of your sexual it's like incorporates like like queer incorporates like being leather being a pervert like and and i feel like it's politics too and it's like an ethic and it's it's a lot of stuff that like all my friends in my little i grew up in a punk scene and everyone came out as queer essentially because we're all like we knew something was up and we were all together yeah. But it, we didn't, it just took time to be like, oh my God, that makes sense. Yeah. And when you're a teenager, music can be so important for that because you don't quite have the freedom to like explore things yeah, that's, sexually as much. That's all I did. Um, From the time I was like 13 till 18, I was three days a week at this local DIY punk venue. Like that's all I did. Yeah. Actually into way older than 18 because I was a concert promoter right before I moved to the Bay. So until 22, it's like a good 10 years of my life. Do you still make music? Um, I'm st- actually doing a noise band right now. Sweet. Um, so kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, noise is kind of music. Kind- exactly. <laughs> um, but I'm doing that. Um, but I used to be a concert promoter for about two, three years. And that was my first... I couldn't get a job in the Midwest for being trans. So I'm like, well, I'm going to start camming and I'm going to start promoting shows. Is that how you got started um, doing sex work was camming? Yep. Yep. Cool. Yep. How was that? Um, cam- camming is camming. It pays the bills. Yeah. Like, totally. That's still my vibe on it. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, usually it's not very sexually fulfilling. Usually it's kind of boring. It doesn't um, sound like... It, it it sounds like you really value also like creative fulfillment and yeah. like experimentation and exploration and a lot of the time camming can be like pretty conventional. Oh, it totally is. It's like masturbate to the same porn. Like I have like five different scenes I masturbate to every day for that, and it's just like <laughs> I have Netflix on in the background. Like just because you're just waiting until someone's like, "Hey, I'll give you a hundred bucks to masturbate." <laughs> <laughs> like that's my day. I always felt like when I was camming that. um I felt really torn between thinking of it like, wow, that's so great. I was going to masturbate anyway, and I just made a Benjamin. Like, and then on the other hand, like every time I would go to masturbate, I would be like, do I feel like putting on a show while I'm doing this, or am I going to like have my me time? See, I like, because I'm so in touch with my sexuality now, I come really hard every time. So I don't even have to put on a show per se. Mm. So it's a whole different thing. But it's still every time I masturbate. Because being a trans woman, I can come once a day. So it's every single time I come, I'm like, that's worth $100. <laughs> like, for real, though. Well, yeah, I feel that way when I when I pee, like, five times a day. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, man. Down the drain. Um. So, wait, you're saying that you, you feel like you make money off of every single time you orgasm? Kind of. I mean... I view it as worth that. Yeah. Well, it definitely is. Yeah. This ship is lonely. Lovers are cold on the phone. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
The mood out in the hall ain't fantastic Air feels static, not dramatic What does erotic humiliation mean to you? It's just like the core of my sexuality. It's so hot to me. I, I can't even... Um, I can't even like summarize it. It's just so deep and it's just like I think the core of my sexuality where that's ultimately the headspace I have to go into to get off ever and it, the most fulfilling thing. Totally. And do you... Um, okay, so like um, what's an example of a way that you would... Like if you are in the mood for like doing some submissive humiliation all the time play aka i was just gonna say what <laughs> right? you basically just told me is aka you're horny <laughs> every day like even when i'm not horny like so like what is an example of a way that that could like manifest um i think like my scene i did with um Fox House Films for the lesbian Bukaki scene was close. I was tied. I was bond, bound under them, and they were fucking over top of me. And I was getting squirt in my face, and I like slut ran out of my forehead. Um, I don't know. I like really like dehumanizing. Like being used as a footstool is really hot. Okay, so um, objectification. Yeah, it like all kind of ties in. But like it can be everything. Like um, some forced age play is really hot. I think because it's mm. like a humiliation thing. Totally. So like everything can kind of go back to humiliation for me on some level. Um, totally. Yeah. So it's kind of like, uh, I'm trying to think of, it's kind of like an everything sexuality and almost like an everything bagel because I can make it work. <laughs> um, that's, that's beautiful. See, I had to tie it back to the weird food that's, thing. Yeah. That is beautiful. Um, and but, you're in New York where this is where the everything bagels were born. Really? I mean, I think so. I, I would like to see like New York is known for the... it's, we're known for our bagels. Oh yeah, I still never had a bagel here. Weirdly enough. But... Oh yeah, you got to get on that. Yeah, I've been, I've been here like for three months over the last like year and a half. Got to have a bagel. Yeah, I need to. Um, but yeah, my whole se- my whole sexuality is a submissive. It can apply to so many different things. Where it's like I might not necessarily be into that. I'm really not into age play, but if it's like a forced role thing. Oh, interesting. I'm into it, or, like, I'm not into, let me think. Yeah, it's just a lot of things where if it's, like, I'm doing it for a dom, mm-hmm. I'm getting off on that. Yeah. And it's something I totally wouldn't do. It's kind of, um, what I did with Fox House with, like, the forced rate scene. I'm usually not into men, but if it's, like, a forced BDSM situation, I'm really into it. Yeah. So it's, like, kind of doing things outside of yourself yeah i love that well so okay it sounds like in a way these all of these acts are an act of service towards your yes, dominant 100 right? yeah so so, so it I'm sounds like part of. of what you're into is like being a footstool so you're useful like yes sucking cock even though you are not really straight but doing it because your dominant says so totally yep 100 percent. yeah that's great how does it make you feel <laughs> It's just really, I don't know. I just really like it. I'm just like a really intense sub, I think. And mm. the more I, actually I made a Tumblr post about this last night. The more I think about my sexuality, the more I'm like, well, I'm just a really basic submissive. Mm. And like, that's just the core of everything. Um, I don't know. It's just like beyond turned on, like beyond everything. It's 
it's really like clicking on endorphins i think and it's just yeah. like immediately even talking about it yeah totally and i mean it sounds like it's a part of your identity totally yeah, yeah. um so if you were dating someone new and you were explaining to them that this is your sexuality and who you are and they were like that's so hot like we're really into each other i totally want to experiment with this with you but i've actually never done it before what would be a good place to start see it's it's a little bit different um because i'm poly i have girlfriends and almost that sexuality part is different for them mm. um it has to be a very like, specific power dynamic with like a dom yeah um oh. for it to be like um really on that level of humiliation service for me if that makes sense so let me see if i understand so for you there is like you're polyamorous and you date lots of different people um and like those are people that you have like a like sexual and intimate like yeah. romantic relationships and then you also want to have a relationship with somebody who's your dominant yes and do th do those things ever interlap sometimes but like not much um one of my girlfriends is pretty happy with me so it's a little bit but still not on the same level um i think it's just different things out of different partners and i think that's what's really great about being poly um where yeah, i agree i think with my sexuality being so about that i can have like regular dyke sex and totally get off and all that but it's still like always in the back of my mind yeah. when i'm like coming or whatever um so but it's like intimacy for me is like being able to lay in bed with someone and watch netflix yeah and like just like that basic ass stuff yeah and like, like just like going to the grocery store with someone yeah so that's like um i feel like with most of my girlfriends like that's what i really value more than like hitting the core of my sexuality i guess and it's just like kind of different and i think that's what being poly's about is finding all these things to make everyone happy and to get different things out of different relationships. Well, I agree with that completely. And I think that's amazing. And I also think that in particular, when people are kinky, being able to recognize that you may, there may be some things that you're into with some, with a certain kind of person and some things that you're into with a different kind of person, whether that's that person's gender or just like, you just want to keep those mm -hmm. relationships separate. Um, so I think that is another thing that makes Polly really amazing because you're able to better communicate that with the people that you're dating. Like, I need to be able to have this other kind of relationship. And then they also get to have relationships that might you might not be, like, the right person for. Mm -hmm. um, I also feel like porn has become a thing where I have very specific fantasies that I can make happen. Yeah. And it turns into art and it turns into, you know films i can sell and yeah it, it's it's really like just being able to tap into your sexuality and creativeness and everything in one thing and mm -hmm. put it into a performance is it's a lot um i've been doing a lot of that as well um i'm actually doing a humiliation scene tomorrow so. what is the scene tomorrow um it's like a pig thing and i've never done that before so i'm like all right i'll what, give it a shot what's that gonna look like i know it's like a pig nose um and so you're going to wear a pig nose? Yeah, I think. Um, and then um, it's going to be like a humiliation splashing thing, and then they're going to top me. 
Cool. So, so yeah. and can you define, just in case our listeners don't know what splashing is, can it's, you define it's that? It's like food and stuff all over you. And yeah. Yeah. I Which, yeah, I, I did a lot when I was like 18. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, then I was in my own house. I'm like, I don't want to get stuff messy. <laughs> so, yeah. So I'm doing that tomorrow, which I'm really excited about. What does being a pig represent? I think it's just think? really humiliating and like someone putting you in a role like forced pet play I think is really hot too like I, that's another example I'm not into pet play but like if someone's like you're gonna be my pig I'm like that's so hot <laughs> or like whatever else um yeah well it makes sense because pigs are we see them as filthy animals that are yeah. just like rolling around in the mud yeah yeah just like reveling in how disgusting things yeah, that's are terrific um <laughs> and like I, there's a lot of different references um in porn that i've really enjoyed where there has been pig stuff like sasha graded a really intense scene with a pig nose on and i'm like wow it's so amazing when i like first discovered it when i was like 19 nice yeah have have you ever had a fantasy and then you lived it in porn that you made and then did that did you find that that changed your relationship to the fantasy to like fulfill it and make art out of it i mean it's kind of like you did that right where i'm like i can do it again but like (laughs) you know like i feel like creatively you want to keep going further and i feel like sexually it's kind of the same thing where you want to explore more and you could do like cross that off the list yeah and like push your own boundaries and be like what can i do um which there was a lot of things I never thought I could do like I didn't think I could take a decent amount of pain I did a really intense scene at Folsom where it's like a public humiliation style scene Mm. and I just got my ass kicked by Bella Vendetta I mean uh, no Eden Alexander um I did slave training with Bella um but yeah I got my ass kicked and I'm I never thought I could do that well how did it make you feel um it was it was really deep it was a really deep subspace it was like two days after where I was still like processing it it was a lot it was great i really enjoyed it but it was a really extreme scene how um how would you define subspace if for somebody who's never experienced i mean for me it's the core of my sexuality i guess so it's just like it almost feels like you're on drugs Mm -hmm. because you're so out of the situation um but in like a really good way yeah um it kind of reminds me of molly a little bit Mm. you're like so out of it that you're more into it yeah yeah but like not all the bad things that are associated with molly well right it's like maybe not as dehydrating totally and you don't have like the day after where you're like i hate everything right like sometimes you do when you go into really deep subspace like you you play um as a masochist or as a bottom or as a uh submissive and you um you go into a really you get uh you go into a really intense place, you get pushed in a way that is consensual and satisfying with someone. And then, but, and sometimes like you don't necessarily have like a serotonin crash the next day, but you can definitely have a, like, you, you know, yeah, you can have, you can have sub drop. Yeah. Right. Um, and part of that has to do, you know, which is why like self care and like aftercare from the, from your dominant mm-hmm. is so important. Yeah. When I did, um, I did a week long slave training with Bella Vendetta and it was essentially all the time. Yeah. And it was, there was definitely a lot of that, like the day or two after where I was like, Oh my God, okay, I'm done with this. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was, that was a really amazing experience. Um, She's a badass yeah they're such an amazing dom um and they're like house is beautiful and it's like 
in the woods in Massachusetts. Yeah. And it was like such a Did great you go to La Domaine? No, we did it all in her um she has a dungeon above her apartment. Oh, cool. So yeah, they had like slave quarters and shit. And oh my god. It was amazing. amazing. It was like a really great experience. Um and like Every time we weren't shooting, they had, like, all these amazing edible things. And it was... Yeah, Bella's a very talented cook. Yeah, it was great. It was really awesome. Um, yeah, that, like, worked its way into the film, too, so... Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, what was... Can you talk... I know it's not released yet, but can you talk to me about more... Was that sort of your first time, like, being in, like, 24-7, like, training? Yeah, that's Dominant? my first, like formal training because i've had like i've totally had doms before and we did like you know we would we'd go on a date and they would like make me do whatever and that was really cool um like i had this dom we were both super innocent looking because we both went i was 20 and she was 19 Mm -hmm. and we both wore like floral as fuck dresses and we'd like go out to lunch and people would think we were like sisters and stuff but they would be like she would make me wear like a butt plug and take it out in the bathroom and give it to her a napkin and shit and it was just like that's the kinkiest a... stuff in Michigan, and it's like no one would have ever knew. Oh my god, that's so sweet. It's super cute. Where did you get the ideas to do things like that? Um, she she was just really creative. Um, yeah. But we met on FetLife. Cool. Kind of ridiculous, but. I mean, FetLife obviously gave like hope and excitement to, uh, uh, you know, young folks in the middle of nowhere yeah i mean i met most of my trans friends via fet life even though they weren't kinky it's, yeah it's just like kind of what it was in the midwest um totally but yeah that was my first time doing 24 7 um where it was like a lot of service stuff um i wasn't allowed on furniture which was really hot to me yeah um yeah it was like a lot of awesome stuff um i really enjoyed it it was i would definitely like to do more in the future and build on it maybe even do it in more like a documentary fashion than oh, cool. a than a porn fashion yeah or just like doing interviews through an entire week and just putting that together for something on like vimeo or something yeah that's amazing i mean it sounds like a reality show something yeah (laughs) yeah um that's a great idea you should totally do that yeah you heard it here first people yeah yeah i thought of it at like 2 a.m last night i'm like oh i should text them but i'm like i'm not gonna text them at 2 (laughs) a.m well um who knows who knows uh who is up who's being a vampire when um so i have a question for you yes so you were saying that the people that you date romantically are different from the people that you look for to to be your dominance yes so how do you meet someone to just be your dominant I wish I had an answer because it's really hard. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I have a daddy right now. um, And we actually met through doing some scenes together um, for work. I don't know. I usually date sex workers anyway, just because that's who I'm around. So it's kind of that way. Also, we're the best. So Um, it's it's really hard to find doms. Yeah. So I I wish I had an answer. I wish I could be like, oh, you go here and you meet this person and it's great. Like, but I don't. It's pretty difficult especially being a trans woman like there's a lot of right um transphobia in the bdsm community so yeah what the fuck is up with that i don't know <laughs> no it fucking sucks no. yep <laughs> <laughs> um do you think that so you don't use fet life to meet people 
I have Fat Life still, but I go on it like once a month, and I'm like, I don't know. Do people approach you differently on Fat Life and dating apps because of your notoriety? Um, I think queers might, but like, I don't know. I got um the new like Tinder thing for BDSM, which was a mistake. What is what is that called? It's called a Whippler. Whippler. It's bad. Um, it was the first like dating site I decided that I'm like, oh, I'll leave it open okay. to men. And um, yeah, that was a mistake. Every message I got so far is so fucked up. And they're just like, oh, you're a humiliation sub. Can I just like pee on you? I'm like, it doesn't work that way. But you were like, you were saying you would like that if the right dominant told you to. Probably. See, with pee, I've never actually been peed on before. Okay. So So that's a that's a limit for you. That's cool. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> it's I not haven't a hard done limit. it yet. Gotcha. Um, so it's a cherry. See, I think it's hot. I think it'd be hot if someone peed on you as like a marking of property thing. Right. Right? That's right. really hot. But like, I just don't want to be peed on just in general. Well, that makes sense to me not to overanalyze you, but like from what you're saying... There are some people, okay, so there's like two different kinds of golden shower fetishists, right? Yeah. Like, or, like, or like golden shower subs. There's people who fetishize urine who yeah, no are, thanks. who are like, you know, the, the sight, the smell, the taste, like it, you know, the like potency of it is what's hot to them. And then there are people who are hot for piss because it's yeah exactly a sign of marking your property or yeah. it's like dehumanizing exactly or it's both. or it's like uh or objectifying like i'm a toilet totally. that's my job yeah and obviously there are some people where there's like overlap in the venn diagram yeah i don't have any like, but it sounds like you're much 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 more the latter yeah if i get like pee on my hand i'm like that's disgusting that's my <laughs> own. like i'm not it's into... sterile chelsea <laughs> but i'm still like man everyone's gonna smell this this is gonna be disgusting <laughs> I don't know, but um, yeah, it's definitely way more. Everything's very cerebral with my sexuality, yeah, which that's sounds really sounds pretentious. Like. But not not on this show. Yeah, on, yeah. On this show, you gotta you gotta be more pretentious than that. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I totally uh, I relate. That's so interesting. Um, do you think that you would ever? Is there just like a really clear? I guess I'm fascinated by this line between like romance and sex. And domination, because I know for some people, like, See, kink I, and fetish are just about kink and fetish and not about sex. And for some people, it's like... I mean, like, I like a dom topping the shit out of me that's hot as fuck, but because they want to. Right. More than, like, I want to get fucked, I guess. Yeah. Um, so it's just different. Um, also, having a job where you're sexually so tied up in working. Right. Where I can only come once a day because being a trans woman, like, you just can't. Yeah. So it's like most day I work five days a week. So usually like unless I'm traveling, I don't have that much sex outside of that and outside of work. So right. work has kind of become a de facto place where I can explore this stuff and create art with that moment. And it's been really when I've been able to put all that together, it's really changed how I view work and porn and being a performer and all that stuff. Cool. Um, what was I going to say? Um, <laughs> oh, it sounds like a lot of the scenes that you make do have sex in them in addition yeah, they to do. The kink. They do. Is that just a porn thing? 
Um, or like a demand thing. Like, would you ever think about making like fetish scenes that don't actually have? I mean, um, the training of Poe, um, there's no actual sex. Mm. Um, I blew a corn cob that they made me blow. Um, and then I fucked like a dick on a wall. And I was able to fist myself during that too, um, which I never did before. I love, I love your definition of no sex. No, but like I didn't, I didn't get fucked by um, Bella, so no, so there wasn't like formal sex. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. Like for the most part, I mean, I am on um, all the films I produce are really through trouble films, so like it's kind of a thing through trouble films where it's mainly sex based. Yeah, um, and most BDSM I do watch is pretty sex-based and one of my favorite sites right now is called strap on squad i don't know if you've ever heard of it what is it called strap on squad no but i really like this it's just that. like these two really mean doms who just destroy these girls like oh it makes the king stuff look are, really tame are the um uh they the subs are women and the tops yeah. are yeah it's lesbian male. porn oh no, uh, no yeah it's lesbian porn and they just destroy these girls and it's really hot because you're like most of these girls are really like actually subs you can totally tell mm. you're like wow this is so hot but then when it's like not you're like oh <laughs> like it, yeah but it's really extreme porn but like i can't find any other contact info so i think that's like a sign from god i don't want to get too close because then i'll then i'll probably find out like something awful about them so right yeah right, right okay yeah so it's good they're far enough away in the porn world i don't know anyone in their porn it's great does it does it make you feel like you are can just like relax and enjoy it as erotic entertainment like as a porn consumer yes, as opposed yeah. to thinking like how do i get booked with these people oh i just fucked that person last week like yeah i mean i can't watch i was a huge queer porn fan um before but like i can't watch it anymore yeah because it's like i know how you feel yeah i'm like i can't see you and andre fuck anymore you know i totally have that scene on my like computer and now it's like i can't watch that i can't watch courtney i can't watch james i can't watch anyone i know and it ruins it because there was a lot of porn i really liked <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry and now i had to get in it and now people are my friends it's awful <laughs> no i know i know just what you mean and especially when you look back at things and that have been around for that have been around for the better part of a decade and like you were you know anyway i'm such an old queen about it i'm like oh god i remember when that person was dating that person or like that's me with my ex or like that's like blah 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 yeah and uh no i i uh i also was a big fan and now i i mean sometimes i'll watch it but it's like watching any other funny video on the internet that your friends made like but i i cannot remember the last time that i masturbated queer porn because you can't anymore. It's like, um, I... Do you think in... people masturbate to queer porn, by the way? Oh, I totally did. All the time. All the time. Cool. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, do people just watch this to feel affirmed? Like, is anybody actually oh masturbating? Oh my god. I'm sh I never have a doubt, because I masturbate to that every day during cam shows. I have, like, ten different scenes on a flash drive. What were your favorites? The Susie Q and Corley Orta one. Oh, the, the, balla the ballerina one. Oh, my one. God. I know. It's like ballerina incest. It's amazing. So um, good. Point shoe sex. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, that's Yeah, there's a lot of humiliation in yeah, that Yeah, there scene. is. I really love that scene. Um, let me think. What else? 
I really like the start of your scene with um, Andre. The which one? The one with like the gloves and shit. Oh yeah, that's yeah. That's really hot. Oh, um, that's so nice. Yeah. Thank you. You're that's welcome. one of the last. That's one of the last scenes I ever shot. I think. Really? Yeah. 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 Totally Andre was my was my important wife for a while. Now she's she's I've like set her free <laughs> <laughs> to roam the the streets of San Francisco. Yeah. Do you uh? So you like dirty talk? Oh yeah. So I yeah. know I just That's sounded like, like a creep the way I said that. So <laughs> you like dirty talk? I sound yeah. like a Gonzo porn director. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love. That's like probably my favorite way to be humiliated is verbally. Oh, cool. Yeah. What just, What like, are some talk What too. are some examples of some uh? like degrading just like, dirty just, words just like it? talk down to yeah and like that's really hot to me just like like condescension yeah 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 like what's an example um i don't know like with some forced age play like talking down to like them like they're not an adult it's really hot to me and it's just nice. like really condescending and awful and it's like stuff i'd hate in my real life but well i can't wait to see your milf porn i can't wait either i'm really excited about it i think like two more years I think, I think once I hit right. 26, I think I'm going to. Oy, that's true. Hoping. <laughs> hoping. Well, Chelsea, thank you so much thank for Thank you so much for having coming me. Coming on the podcast. Um, where can people find you on the internet? Um, you can find me at Chelsea. Wait, you can find me at ChelseaPoe.com. Um, on Twitter at, at ChelseaPoe666. My Instagram is at FakeChelseaPoe. And I think that's about it. Cool. So thank you so much. And where can people buy your porn? Um, realqueerporn.com um, you can also find it at um, pleasure chest locations um, oh great in all the both the New York locations Chicago and LA sweet yep great well thanks for being uh, for being my guest and talking Thank about you dirty so much. stuff yeah Fill the holes of my mind the things I'm dreaming of from my station a vacation new locations oh interrobang is produced and hosted by yours truly tina horn our theme music is by my brother from another mother moot thanks for listening Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.